The phone was ringing. And the unbearable electronic beeping ringer from my primitive mid-1980s phone was piercing my eardrums. At first, my eyes blinked rapidly. Then I rolled them like a disrespectful teenager to their parents as I shook my head slowly back and forth in disgust, thinking to myself, man, I forgot to turn the ringer off again. I didn't even move. I just laid there motionless, letting it ring in my lifeless, static bedroom, praying that somebody else in the living room would hurry up and answer the darn thing so I can go back to sleep. It couldn't be for me anyway. No one ever called me that early. Besides, it was Sunday morning for crying out loud. I was tired. And I'd been out late the night before partying with California kids. Just as I was about to fall back asleep, my mom quietly knocked on my door. And the reason why I knew it was her knock was because it was quite different from the pounding knock of my dad. You know those dad knocks? Phone's for you, she said. Loud enough for me to hear, but soft enough for me to know that she cared. Opening my eyes again, I force and strain them to look as far up as they could so I could see my Emerson digital clock radio, which sat on the headboard of my waterbed. 8.57. Assuming it was California Kid, I yelled at the door over my left shoulder, Tell Kid I'll call him back later. As I was complaining to myself, what could he want this early? Then my mom goes, uh, it's not California Kid. Well, then who is it? I think it's a tenants girl. What? Hello everyone, my name is Bishop Freesh and I want to welcome you to My Life Through Music where I talk about the songs and music that were either there at the time or describe thoughts, feelings, or emotions I was experiencing at those particular places and at those particular times. And the song that represents these memories is Let Me Kiss You by Morrissey, released in 2004. Quote, there's a place in the sun for anyone who has the will to chase one, and I think I've found mine. Yes, I do believe I found mine. End quote. When I hear this song, I am transported back to a place in time where I did have the will to chase someone. I had found mine. And yes, I did want to kiss her. This is not only a great song, in my opinion, it's beautiful, romantic, yet it's also dark. There's something about this song, and I can never explain why, but I always feel that there's a shadow looming in the background. Why? Could it be the mysterious, genius knocking sound at the beginning that continues throughout the entire song? Could it be the melancholy, sad strumming of the acoustic guitar? Is it the discovery near the end of the song of kissing someone they, quote, physically despise, end quote? Or is it the unexpected and beautiful string section that comes in at the very end, desperately trying to make the listener happy despite the morose allure of the song, but it knows it can't and it never will? Whichever it is, each of them have their place 
and they perfectly accompany each word and each sound and each emotion to this song, making it perfect and complete. So after hearing my mom's voice trail away down the hallway, I slowly and lethargically rolled over towards my desk where my phone was. It was just resting in that cheap plastic holder that was screwed into the wall. (laughs) Shoddy work at best. My work, of course, but shoddy nonetheless. And there were already a few holes in the drywall where I had screwed it in to, to hang it, but the screws had worked themselves out after constantly picking it up and hanging it up over and over again. When that happened, I just screwed it back in an inch over to one side or the other, and I just rehung it. And I know they had to drive my dad crazy seeing all those holes in the wall. <laughs> I grabbed the phone and said, all right, mom, I got it. Then I heard it click on the other end after she hung up. Remember those days? The days when the other person on the other side in the other room, wherever it was, had to actually hang it up. If not, they could listen to your phone conversation or you could hear the background noise. (laughs) Trying to sound more awake than what I really was, I said, hello? My ears were met with a bright, chipper, and much more awake voice than, than I was on the other end saying, hey, it's a tennis girl. Hey, what's up? And then she was like, I have to go to the mall and a few other places today. You want to come? And I thought to myself for a second, well, the mall sounds pretty cool. I don't know about the other stuff. Wait, what am I thinking? And I was like, yeah, I'll go with you. This is it. I thought to myself, this is where I can see what's up. If I don't do it now, I'll never do it. After the night out dancing that I talked about in the previous podcast, the tension between us the days and weeks after was becoming greater and greater. And in my high school mind, I I really wanted to take things to the next level. But I was being cautious because I still didn't have a good read as to how she felt. Plus, there never seemed to be the right time. And those conflicting thoughts and energies were torturing my young and fragile soul. Then the words, okay, I'll pick you up in about a half an hour, brought me back to the present. Yeah, cool. She picked me up, and as we were walking to her car, we tiptoed around mud and small puddles of water due to a rare Arizona thunder shower the night before. I grabbed the handle of the passenger door of her car, and for what was only a split second but felt like much longer, I thought to myself, all right, here we go. No distractions, all alone with her. Will I really be able to find out what's the deal? I swung the door open, plopped down in the passenger seat next to her, exchanged a tacit smile, and we took off. The conversation was pretty light with a mixture of joking and laughter as well as several nervous and curious glances bouncing off each other as great music from the stock radio provided a very open background and a great environment. But as we talked more, it started to feel like the mud and the small puddles we left behind at my house weren't the only things being tiptoed around. Both windows were down, 
as we pulled into the north side of Paradise Valley Mall, allowing the remnants of cigarette smoke out and the cool smell of recently fallen rain in as it mingled beneath her perfume. It was still early and the mall was just opening and only a few cars scattered the wide open parking lot. I turned my head to the left as I watched her slowly and carefully park the car and without thinking, I unbuckled my seatbelt, turned, and squared my shoulders to her. And the reason I did that was because I wanted to say something about us. The funny part was, up to that point, I still had no idea what I was going to say or what I wanted to say. My mind was completely blank as I stood there, tongue-tied and dumb, just waiting for the words to just magically appear. But they never did. As I continued to watch her as she unnecessarily fidgeted with her keys and her purse, pretending not to notice me, I sensed for the first time ever the slightest hint of nervousness from her. But then without warning, she abruptly stopped, froze, and her eyes met mine and she looked at me like she had never looked at me ever before. The sun behind the thick cloud cover spread a silvery hue into the car from the back window, bringing out her eyes and highlighting her sharp facial features. And the only thing I could hear was the morning as I quickly went from searching for words to not needing any words at all. An anxious and shaking hand reached out then inexplicably got more and more confident as it slowly got closer and closer to her face and softly cupping her cheek, I kissed her. And that deep swell in the ocean I spoke of in the previous video, well, it turned quickly into a powerful tidal wave. Both our waves met, joined, gathered momentum, and roared towards the shore until fiercely crashing to the sand, rolling, reaching, and then extending to its farthest possible point until slowly retreating back into the ocean. After a few long moments, we both pulled back, somewhat shocked, and the looks on our faces simultaneously went from nervous and unsure to serious and deliberate. With our eyes wide, alive, and staring, I saw and recognized something in this woman, something that I would only scarcely see throughout my life, at least not that deep and not with that much clarity. At least up until now, I would only see it in a unique few. I can't and I won't speak for her, but judging how she was looking at me caused me to believe that she saw it too. So when the song gets to the point where it says, quote, but then you open your eyes and you see someone you physically despise, end quote, that part of the song, thankfully, did not apply, but... The next verse, quote, but my heart is open to you, end quote. Well, that part did. And on that day, 
my heart undeniably was open to her and hers was open to me. What was going on? What was this? Were we falling in love? And if we were, now what? I mean, I wasn't prepared for anything after this. In a matter of minutes, I was changed on the inside, hurled into someone and something else, but hurled into who and thrown into what? The only thing I did know was I didn't have much time to figure this all out. The clock, as it always had been, was ticking. I'll put the link to this song in the description below so you can listen to it now if you'd like or check it out whenever you can, however you access your music these days. But when you do listen to it, you'll know what I mean. And this is why I want to thank Morrissey for this beautiful and incredible song and also why Let Me Kiss You is where it's at in my my life through music playlist. As always, I thank you very much for being here. I know your time is valuable and I want to invite you to spend the next podcast with me when I'll talk a little more about my life through music.